0: hello everyone welcome to people's church online service i believe that you are all still well and kept by the grace of the lord it is an honor and a pleasure to fellowship with you on this day when we read the word of god in john chapter 10 verse 4 to 5 it reads as follows when he has brought out all his own he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not know his voice. Here Jesus teaches us that his sheep know his voice. And because they do not know the voice of a stranger, they will never follow the stranger. I would just like to encourage you this day that as children of God, let us familiarize ourselves with the voice of the Lord. In that way, we will be able to distinguish between the voice of God and the voice of the enemy. When we read again in Daniel 11, verse 32, it reads as follows. He will flatter and win over those who have violated the covenant. That is uh, referring to the Antichrist. But the people who know their God will be strong and resist him. When we know the voice of the Lord, even when there are other voices around us speaking, we will be able to tell that this is not the voice of God. The Bible teaches us that the enemy, which is the devil, is a deceiver. Sometimes he can try and come and speak as if he is God. But when we are sure of the voice of the Lord, we will never follow his voice. So let us familiarize ourselves with the voice of the Lord through the study of his word and through prayer. The announcement for this week um, is as follows. Kindly note that Starting Point has started online. Uh, Starting Point is a short four-week program for anyone wanting to find out more about people's church as well as how to become a member. If you are interested, kindly sign up on the church center app under the events tab.
1: Who am I that the highest King will welcome me? I was lost, but He brought me in Jesus' love for me. Oh, His love. Just died for Oh,
2: Good morning, brethren. How are you this morning? I will share with you a short offering message just to encourage you to give. Uh, One may, may ask, why give? Why pay tithes in such a difficult season? Indeed, we have been through a very, very difficult season last year and this year. Some of us, we lost our jobs. Some of us were on half pay. Some 75%, some even less than 50% of their salaries. A number of cars have been instituted by a number of companies so as to try to manage the situation which affects us. Some of us who are fortunate are having jobs on full pay but unfortunately our salaries are stressed. We have a couple of people in our families we have lost jobs we are not working. We have been affected or infected by COVID. As a result, we are trying to support our families. And the need to support them is increasing every day. We are barely managing. We are actually trying to stretch our salaries, but we are not winning. Indeed, this has been difficult times that we are living in let me just read from the Bible Uh, look from Luke 5 verses 4 to 6 I'll also make reference to verses 11 and I think it should be verses uh, 8 but let me first read 4 to 6 of, of Luke 5 It reads as follows Now when you have left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nest for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all night and have caught nothing. Nevertheless at thy word. I will let down the net. And when they have and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break. It is quite interesting that last year and this year we have been toiling the whole night and we caught nothing. We have challenges that you are failing to meet. But let's say, like Peter, at thy word, we will let down the nets. Let's exercise an act of faith and do as the word uh, encourages us to do, to, let, to launch into the deep, to do that trust in God if we do so, I believe, like Peter, would will catch a net breaking catch, a catch that will sink the boats. After catching this drought of fish, Peter asked the partners, their partners who were also fishing, to come and assist them. They loaded the fish into their boats and the, those boats begin to sink. Let's also believe God for such uh, blessings. But let's be mindful of that the fact that God blesses us so that we, we are blessings unto many. If you look at what Peter did, it's quite interesting. When he realized that the source of blessing was Jesus. He worshipped the source of the blessing. He knelt down and said, "Depart from me, for I am a sinful man." And Jesus says, "Soon we'll be catching people, not fish." And that would end at verse in verse uh, 11. Peter and company, they left everything and followed Jesus. It is quite interesting and remarkable that the most important thing is Jesus, the source of blessing, not the blessing. They left, they left behind the net breaking and the boat, this ship sinking in cash just for Jesus. Because if you have Jesus, you are always assured of a series of blessings. As we give, Let's give with this mindset that Jesus is our source of blessing and he expects us to to bless others as and when we are blessed by him. Let's continue giving tithes, paying tithes in the church, uh, paying uh, offerings as well, visiting the sick, praying for the sick, and also assisting brethren and our families. I thank you.
3: Have you ever wondered why there are so many things that are wrong with this world? And have you ever asked yourself what could be the solution to so many of the world's problems? I think even if you are like me and you're just a little bit aware of some of the things that are going on with the world, I think you would know somewhere deep down that there's something that is wrong with the world. You know, a story is once told of a time when the Times publication sent out an inquiry to some of the most famous authors of the time. They sent the inquiry out, and it was um, asking the authors to respond and to write back to respond to this one question. What is wrong with the world today? And, you know, the story goes that one of the responses they received was from G.K. Chesterton, and it was, an essay, you know, that was a response to this question. And this is what it says. He says, Dear sir, I am yours, G.K. Chesterton. Now, whether this actually happened or not, no one really knows for sure. But I think it definitely does point us to the right direction when we want to find an answer to the question what's wrong with the world? Imagine with me for a moment how different the world would be if people behaved differently. The Bible narrative is also not that different. From the Bible, we get to learn that in the beginning, God had a vision for the world. And dare I say it, that vision was perfect. But then what, one of the things that happened is that sin entered the world, and sin completely infected everything in all of creation. But the good news is this, that God has been at work putting things back the way they were originally intended to be. And today, I will share a snippet of what that could look like for you and I. And for that, we will look at uh, the, the passage of Scripture that is found in Luke chapter 6, from verse 27 to 36. And before we begin reading, let me just paint a bit of a context. I think Jesus' entire earthly ministry could be summed up to what Matthew said or Matthew wrote in Matthew chapter 7, chapter 4, verse 17. And this is what he says. It says, from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the theme of the kingdom of heaven is one of the central themes in Jesus' entire ministry. In fact, Jesus taught more on the subject of this kingdom than on anything else. So this was a a definite central theme to his ministry. And so one of the reasons that Jesus came here on earth to do was actually to establish something new. And that new thing he called the kingdom of heaven. And so this portion of scripture that we will read is actually found right at the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. And it is part of what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And so even the Sermon on the Mount itself, I think it can actually be looked at as the moment when Jesus was casting the vision for his ministry and what he is trying to do and the kingdom that he came to establish. I think it was the original Vision Sunday. And so that is what we're going to turn to now. Just a portion of that that is found in Luke from uh, chapter 6 from verse 27. And this is what it says. Jesus says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, to one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand, demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. And so right now, if you are like me, I think you are probably going through all the reasons in your mind why it's such a bad idea for anyone to actually live the way that Jesus is, is commanding his listeners to live. And I think you are thinking uh, along the lines of, the fact that people will actually look at you and they will think you are a weak person. That people will take advantage of you. That people will actually get away with the wrong things they have done. And I don't, I, I don't think you would be completely wrong, you know, if you thought along those lines. So the, the first thing to note here is that the things that Jesus was saying were not just random sayings. These were things that the the audience, the people that were listening to him, they knew exactly what he was talking about. These were the experiences that they had in their lives. You know, these were part of their day-to-day shared experiences of life. And these were experiences and circumstances that they have found themselves in some time back, you know, in the past, in their lives. And the, the important thing to note, you know, as you are digging into some of the things that were happening around this time in terms of history, the first, the, the first important thing that you, uh, that you will discover is that uh, Israel was actually uh, being oppressed by the Roman Empire uh, at this time. You know, so they had been conquered by the Roman Empire and they were living under the rule of the Roman Empire. And the Romans were not the nicest people. To the Jews, In fact, there was one of the laws, you know, there was one of the things that was actually law. And, and this is what it allowed. It allowed a Roman soldier to force a Jewish native to carry, you know, all the stuff that the soldiers carry, all the baggage and the luggage, and to carry it and to walk with that soldier for one mile. This was the law. This was completely permissible, you know, according to the Roman law around that time. You know, now I did some calculations just to put things into perspective for us to understand. One mile is actually about 1.6 kilometers. And for perspective, what this law allowed was for a Roman soldier to force you, if you were a a Jewish native, to force you to carry their luggage, which could have been anywhere between 40 and 50 kilograms in terms of the weight, and to force you to walk with him for 1.6 kilometers, which would be like walking from the church, which is at the corner of Uost and Kleinenberg Street. So to walk from the church and to walk down Uost Street, to go past Capricorn High School, to continue walking down until you reach Sade Street. And so that is what this law actually permitted. And they could do this because they were a Roman soldier and you were just unfortunate enough to be born a Jewish native. And I want us to just try and put ourselves in their shoes for a moment. And so... I think that when Jesus mentioned enemy in his sermon, I think most of the minds of the audience quickly turned to Roman soldiers You know, or the Roman Empire itself because they saw that as the enemy. They saw that as the thing that needed to be overthrown. And all those pent-up emotions that had been buried started to surface again. Memories came back to their minds. Feelings of shame, embarrassment and even humiliation came all the way back. And I'm wondering if you have ever found yourself in a similar situation, in a situation where you have been unfairly treated. You know? And I want you to just put yourself in, in, their, in their shoes you know, by trying to recollect, by trying to cast your mind back, and to remember those moments. If you have ever been a victim of racism or even prejudice, if you have ever been a, a victim of injustice, I think if you have ever um, been accused of something that you did not do and the person who accused you got away with it, I want you to try and bring all of that back to your mind. Feel the emotions, you know, feel the pain, feel the anger, feel the despair, feel the sorrow, because I think this is what the listeners were going through at this moment. They All the Feelings and emotions came back. All the anger, it was as if the thing had just happened, you know, that morning. And so, um, and, and I think, you know, at this moment, they were ready or so they thought for what Jesus would say next, how Jesus would direct them to, re- to act towards their enemies and those that had uh, unf- unfairly treated them or mistreated them. I think they thought they were ready, but Jesus went a completely different direction. He said something that no one Could have anticipated. It's almost as if you were saying, Do you see that person right now in your mind's eye? You know, do you feel the emotions? You know, have you put yourself back in that particular experience? Do you see that person? Do you feel the emotions? Now, this is what I want you to do. I actually want you to love that person. I want you to choose to do good to them. I want you to choose to bless them and even to pray for them. And I can almost imagine that there was complete silence at that moment. As Jesus just said the thing that was not expected, was the least expected thing that Jesus was expected to say. Complete silence. And I think if you are anything like me, that you are probably asking yourself this question right now. And the question is why? Why would anyone in their right minds, choose to live this way? And if you are a Christian, the answer is very simple and straightforward. The answer is that's how God treated you. That's how God responded to you. And in other words, if you are a Christian, you are actually a beneficiary of this kind of lifestyle. Therefore, God expects you to go and to do the same for others, If you continue reading the passage and you take a look at verses 35 and 36, Jesus continues to say, he says, But love your enemies, and do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. And think about it. The message of Christianity is that you and I owed a debt to God that we could not pay. And that God had many options at his disposal to try and recover that debt. But the good news, the gospel, is that Jesus, who is God's own son, chose to pay that debt on our behalf. So that you and I could go absolutely scot-free, completely forgiven the debt fully paid nothing outstanding nothing still being owed that is the message of christianity that is the mercy that we have received from god and now jesus is commanding you and i to go and do the same to other people as well as we have been recipients of the mercy of god jesus is expecting us to extend that same mercy to those that are around us. And here is the thing, that if you are a follower of Jesus, if you are a Christian, living like this is not an option. You know, it's not an optional extra. It's not something you can choose to do um, if you want to, but you can really do without it. That is not the case. If you are a follower of Jesus, this kind of living is part of the very fabric of, of Jesus' kingdom. This is an expectation. This is how the people of the kingdom of heaven actually live. And the reality of the matter is this, that people are actually going to take advantage of you. People are going to think that you are weak. That is just a fact. But Jesus is saying, if you choose to live like this, you will become like the Most High. You will become like God himself who is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. But he chooses to continue showing his kindness even though they abuse it, even though they take advantage of it. He chooses to continue to actually offer his kindness, to continue to give his kindness to the ungrateful. And this is the thing. That is the way that God is putting things back the way they were intended to be originally. That's how he fixes the mess we have made in his creation. And now the beauty is he's inviting you and I to be a part of putting things back the way they were meant to be from the beginning. That is the privilege and the honor that God has given us is the invitation to be part of what he is doing. And that is the reason why you and I should choose to live this way. It's because we have been recipients of God's mercy. We have benefited from God treating us this way. Therefore, we are going to choose, you know, each and every day to, to actually live like this because it makes us like God. And if you are not a Christian, on the other hand, you know, if you're not a Christian, your motivation for adopting this kind of lifestyle is a little bit different. Something like this, that the world would be a much better place if more and more people decided to live this way. And that is just a fact, that the world would be a much better place if more people made a decision to live this way. Because I think you know this, I know this, that the alternative actually doesn't really work, does it? You know, vengeance doesn't really result in a more peaceful world. Violence doesn't either. Hate or hatred cannot do it. Anger is exhausting. Holding on to grudges only harms the one holding on to them. And so you see, contrary to what we believe, you know, and what we even desire tip down, hate can never put an end to hate. We need something that is way more powerful than that. As Martin Luther King Jr. once said, he says, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And so you see, hate can never put an end to hate. Violence can never put an end to violence. Only the self-sacrificing love of God can do that. And so what Jesus is saying to his original audience and to us as well is this, that the values of God's kingdom are the exact opposite of the values of the earthly kingdoms. And that's because the kingdom of heaven is the opposite of the kingdoms of this world. And you can think about the things that we value, that the things that are valued in the kingdoms of this world. You can think about success, power, prosperity, and all of those kinds of things. And when you come to the kingdom of heaven, you find that the kingdom of heaven actually values the things that are the complete opposite of those kind of things, if a person strikes you on the on one cheek, that you should actually willingly turn the other cheek and allow them to strike you again. The kingdom of heaven is completely different. It flips the you know this ki- the kingdoms of this world upside down. It is the complete opposite. And Peter writes about uh, something similar. If you read First Peter chapter two, verses nine to ten. He says this, he's he's talking about Christians, he's talking about believers and followers of Jesus Christ. He says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, But now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And so, as a believer, this is who you are. A chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. You and I are all of these wonderful things, yet... It is not because of anything that we have done. It is because of the mercy that you and I have received from God. The same mercy that resulted in Jesus, the one and only Son of God, dying a brutal and humiliating death on the Roman cross. That same mercy that we have received. And now, because of what God has done for you and I, He is commanding us to live. This way. To live the way of the kingdom. Because this way is a better way to live. And Jesus in in the Luke chapter 6 passage actually portrays for us what, what the people of God's own possession actually live like. How this chosen and called out race behaves. How they respond to things that are done to them. That is how. They respond. They live the way that Jesus is commanding us to live. And it's not just a little bit different. And that's the thing I want us to note as well, is that what, how Jesus is calling us to live is not just a little bit different to how the kingdoms of the earth actually live. It is radically different. It is, it is as radical as the difference between day and night between darkness and light. That is how radical the way that God is calling us to live actually is if you compare it to the people of the world. And so Jesus says, just loving the people who love you in return will not cut it in his kingdom. Being kind to the people who are kind to you doesn't work here. You know, even sinners and the people of the kingdoms of this world, they do that. There's, there's nothing special about that. His kingdom is way more different than that. And when we do this thing right, and when we live the way that Jesus is actually calling us to live, I believe it is the most powerful and the most attractive and beautiful thing here on earth. And as I conclude, I just want to give us something to do. In just this coming week, you know, the next couple of days, the next seven days, I want to give us uh, three things to be specific to do. And, and I want us to start our days differently. If you already have, you know, a morning routine, which, include, which includes uh, Bible reading and prayer and maybe some worship and meditation, I, I just want you to add this little thing on top of that. Or if you don't have time to add anything on top of your current routine, maybe you can pause a little bit on your routine and and start your days this way you know as you are starting the day and you are doing your bible reading i want you to 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 start each and every day by reading this passage in in luke chapter 6 from verse 27 to 36 the one we just focused on today i want you to start each and every day in the next couple of days by reading perhaps maybe rereading it a couple of times so that it enters into your heart, so that it it registers into your mind. Read it a couple of times, what Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verse 27 to 36. And so that's the first thing. Start your day by just reading this passage and rereading the passage, you know, as often as you can get it into your spirit, get it into your heart and into your mind. Then the second thing, I want you to spend some time praying and thinking about it. You know, think about it, think about its implications, think about what Jesus is asking you to do, and and then uh, pray, pray for God to help you, to actually speak specifically uh, to you, and also to help you to carry out what he says to you. And then the third thing, I would like each and every one of us to challenge ourselves to practice to to do you know just some of the things that Jesus is commanding us is instructing us to do here maybe pick one pick a, a few that are sp- that are relevant to you in your life in your situation maybe stuff that has happened recently so pick a few that are relevant to you and i want you to challenge yourself to actually do those things this week and see how god is going to move through you how god is going to change you and also change those that are around you. And in fact, even if you would not consider yourself a Christian, I would still challenge you to, to put this into practice, you know, to do this, and, and really to see what will begin to happen in you over the next couple of days. Because I really do think and believe that the world would be vastly different if we all chose to live this way, if we all chose to lay our lives down to respond with love to respond with sacrifice i think the world would be a completely different place and and you your life as well will be completely different even if you are not a christian so i challenge each and every one of you uh, to to put this into practice this week and see maybe we can chat about it or you can you know uh, discuss with uh, the people in your world the people that you live with colleagues at work, just discuss how your life is changing because of these practices. Because I think they have the potential to really change your life. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Father, for everything that you have already done for us. Oh Lord God, we thank you, Father God, that the message of the gospel is not that you require stuff from us but the message of the gospel is that you so greatly love the world that you gave you gave your first you gave your best you gave your only you know you gave your son the lord jesus christ so that whoever believes in him may not perish but have everlasting life we thank you father for your generosity that we are beneficiaries of your generosity, of your mercy, and of your grace. Father, I pray that you help us this week to try and live in such a way that we extend the same grace, the same mercy, the same generosity, to live, Father, the kind of lives that you have lived uh, uh, towards us, to, to, to really extend the benefits that we have received from you, Lord God, to extend your love, to extend your kindness, to extend your goodness. Father, I pray that you help us to put these things into practice in our lives. And I pray that you change us from the inside, that you transform us to be the people that you want us to be, that royal priesthood, that called out nation, that holy nation, that called out race. Father, that you make us into those people so that your name and yours alone may be glorified and lifted up now and forevermore. Amen.
0: Thank you, Pastor Mondi, for such a life-changing, encouraging, and powerful word of God. The Bible teaches us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, that like newborn babies, we must crave the pure spiritual milk so that we will grow into the full experience of salvation. And also Ephesians chapter 6, it teaches us about the full armor of God that we need to put on so that we can be able to stand against the enemy. And one of the pieces of that armor is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When we have the word of God and put it into application in our lives, we are able to overcome and defeat the enemy. I believe you have been blessed. Have a blessed and a fruitful week ahead. See you next time.